We have the head coach of the Bates Swimming and Diving Program, Peter Casares, with us in studio this morning, fresh off the WPI Invitational, a, a non-scoring meet, but an important meet, certainly, um, to prepare for NESCACs. And I know Alex Bedard, um, he was kind of the headliner, wasn't he, in that one? The senior captain breaking his own school record, the 100 IM. Yeah, he um, he knows what he's doing at conferences and the breaststroke events, and he reached out to a couple of different events to, to swim fast one more time in um, those. You know, his, his career is coming to an end, and um, freshman year – um, in a, in a last meet of the season, he broke our hundred IM record. And I think he was kind of going, I'm going to make that a little bit lower. Um, and he jumped in the pool and put down, um, a really impressive swim, set a school record. And it kind of catapulted him to a day into a day where he won the 200 IM. I think he won the 200 butterfly. Um, and he just swam some events that he usually doesn't and, um, just showed his versatility and his, kind of vision for the season. I mean, he has been on a mission this year and um, I think it's it's clear to see that it was going to it was going to show up in a lot more than just his one specialty. Um, and that's awesome to see because it shows the team like hey, this is what happens when you start doing everything right. Um, we had some other great swims there that week um, that this weekend. It was a trials finals meet. Um, you got to try in the morning to, to come in at night and get a second chance to swim. Um, so we saw a lot of our athletes swim twice in one day and put up times that were their best of the season um, or improved their, their strategies a little bit. Um, and they swam tired in a lot of events um, because that was the last chance to really be tired before we rest them for the end of the year. So we were happy with what we saw. Alex Ignatov had a great meet swimming um, butterfly for the first time this year and putting up a really fast time. And then his thousand free, which is an event um, very similar to the 1650 he'll swim at conferences, um, just a hair shorter um, was his best time of the year. So that was impressive to see. I was going to say, what do you do? My you know, as the season goes on, I don't care who they are. The, the cumulative effect of hard practice, even with some chance to rest and whatever hard meets, really stretching yourself, pushing yourself, wears you down. It, it, my example was when I played at Maine in football, uh, I thought we were in absolutely fantastic shape. And Coach always felt his, his job also was to be a teacher as well as just a coach. Mm -hmm. And in, I'm going to say three-quarters of the way through the season, he ran some drills that you do during preseason. He called it country fair. They were foolish things, so you're having fun. Wheelbell race, two-man carry, you know, stuff that's foolish. Yep. Honest to God, I didn't know if we were going to all finish. We were so exhausted. <laughs> and it was something in preseason that we did. Didn't even – you could have had a sandwich while we were doing it. Yeah. Just no, <laughs> no comparison. At the end of the season, seriously, guys were on the hands and knees. Yeah. The cumulative effect of the season, they were just beat. Well, what, what do you do to combat that? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you look at that, you, what you have in season is a combination of physical exertion and emotional. Yeah. And so that's where – you know, you might be in the best shape of your life, but when you keep having to get up and emotionally be focused and then, yeah, you've got a day or two before all of a sudden that next lineup, that next meet, that next big swim is, is lurking. You start to, you start to hone in on it. You start to focus in on it. You start to give that emotional um, investment, engagement in it three, four days before it happens. So it's exhausting, you know, and then you couple that with um, a really demanding academic schedule, not a lot of sleep on a college campus, and then doubles, right? 
um, or hitting the weight room and getting on the practice field for you. And it, it's just, it's exhausting. So how do you combat that? We, we try to read the kids um, as they're, as they're on the pool deck interacting with each other, as they're swimming sets and what are their times at? How are they looking? Are they, you know, are they looking fatigued and sloppy? Um, are they looking fatigued and still holding it together? You know, and if they're getting sloppy and it's, and the morale is getting lower and lower, then we start to kind of go, okay, this is time for us to back off and maybe do something similar to your coach did, but with less intensity. Like there's days where we have some, some fun and games at the pool or we or we all of a sudden give them a chance to end practice at the halfway point and say, hey, if you go fast right now, you can all go home. Um, and then all of a sudden, energy returns, a fast swim, and they get an hour or less of practice that day. They feel a little bit better the next. Um, we've even done something yearly that I, I kind of get a feel for is I can watch how they're acting and how their schoolwork's going because um, there's different moments in the, in the academic calendar that are tougher than others. And we'll just start off practice with 30 minutes with the lights out in the pool. And we turn on the lights in the office and there's lights surrounding us in other offices that overlook the pool. Um, and so it's just a, a very kind of like, you know, chill Ooh, environment. Works, yeah. And and we turn on like Enya on the speakers <laughs> and they, we just say, give yourself 30 minutes in this pool and swim back and forth just... and, and relax for a little bit before we go and do something else. Um, and I've been known to get an email or two after an event like that saying thank you. Like I just needed that because it's been go, go, go for so long. Um, and some of them will just swim slowly. Some of them will sit and, and relax. And, um, and some of them will kind of whisper to each other because they just are getting a chance to catch up for the first time in a while. Um, and we just say this is your time and, you know, don't ruin it by goofing off, but you know, give yourself a little peaceful meditation here while you're in the water with the lights out and some cool music on in the background to, to chill a little bit. So yeah, we look into that a lot. It's tough. College is way harder than it was when I was there, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, there's so much more interaction and communication and and a need for these kids to perform at everything, whether it's am I sending the right text message or am I swimming the right set? Like they're always being judged and and opinions are flying and they're always very careful of everything they do. How do I approach a professor? How do I approach a coach? How do I approach my friends? And so they're juggling all this stuff and they're, they're managing a ton. And I'm looking for ways to kind of simplify always, always be like, Hey, this is just swimming. Hey, this is just college. Like relax for a second. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Um, and give yourself a break and, and don't be so hard on yourself. And I think, um, that's an important part of what we do nowadays. It's not just flip nice. turns and stroke technique. It's how do I manage their mental health? Um, how do I um, manage their confidence? How do I um, keep the chemistry where it needs to be so that the performances are there and they're also feeling like they're part of something bigger than themselves? One of the things that I tried uh, when I was coaching was at the oh, four-fifths point of the season, we're almost done, uh, we used to do a, let the kids put on a skit Yep. about the season and uh you know they would say coach can i borrow your hat and your jacket and you know so they act like the coaches and boy you get a real insight of what they think about how you act on the field <laughs> you know some of the guys you know that don't, don't think they're yellers and screamers that's the way the kitten we're looking like whoa okay yeah. then but it really gives them a chance like you say to let all that stuff hang out and one of our guys he, he was our best player and we used to give out little decals that go on the helmets mm -hmm. and 
I mean, he did everything right, so he got a lot. His helmet was covered. So they dumped all over him. They said his name was Pilot. He'd love this if he was listening to it. Uh, Pilot, you showed up on time for the bus. Here, here's a, his sticker. Oh, <laughs> You you brought a lunch, okay? I mean, they 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 gave him a sticker for drinking water, you know. <laughs> but the team loved it because yeah. they knew he loved those stickers, which was why he was such. I mean, it wasn't just why he was a great player, but right. it gave him a chance to just let their hand on and be who they are. And mm-hmm. I, I liked it much more than they did. I think. Yep. Yeah. So NESCAC championships start a week from today, right? For the women. Wow. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, the women are actually... There's an extra day. This year, we're starting Thursday night. Okay, Thursday night. So, the first relay goes off when we arrive Thursday night, which will allow... It used to be Saturday night that we did that relay. It allows them... And we'd get home at like 10, 10.30 at night and then turn around the next day. So, the coaches voted to have it go Thursday night, give us an extra um, hour or so um, off the schedule. So, we're going to start Thursday night with a relay, and then Friday will be our first day of trials finals. Awesome. So last year in Coach um, Wing, I'll give you an idea of how good the NESCAC is, right? So the men and the women for Bates finished six out of 11 teams last year in the NESCAC championships. Yep. At nationals, the women finished 12th out of 51, and the men finished 14th out of 53. So they, wow. yeah, wow. they, um, they were one of the top, you know, both top 15 programs in the nation, and they were six out of 11th in the NESCAC. Do you, do you get the sense like it's like that this year a little bit? Or how do you, I mean, look at the times, what's yeah. your evaluation of things right now? Um, I think, um, the NESCAC is such a, it's, it's a unique conference for all the sports. And we talk about this a lot at Bates, um, but it attracts some of the best coaches in the country whenever a job opens up. And in the last couple of years, there's been a couple of new coaches that have jumped into the NESCAC and boy, have they come in enthusiastic and recruiting hard and it has made the conference much deeper and um you know our goal is always to be top three in the conference um and that's where we'd like to sit and stand and stay um so being sixth wasn't exactly um fun right um, when you look at the standings but you also know like this is still a pretty darn good team and we went to the to the national meet and finished 12th and 14th which was a program best for my men and just one spot off my women's best ever um so i loved that we were competitive um, conference-wise and national-wise. I wish we had more bodies so that we could have scored more points at the conference meet, um, and that led to a big recruiting class. And this year, you know, I think I think both teams have a could come in fourth and could come in sixth or seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's deep in the middle again, and um, what happens for us this year is – does the depth, does the 23 freshmen we brought in, does the big 24 people that we're bringing to conferences as opposed to 20 like the last two years, do those extra four people and the depth of our program get us those points to catapult us back into the top tier, into that top third mm-hmm. of the NESCAC? Um, and I would tell you that I felt really confident about that, um, and I think we have that. I'm also very nervous that it's so deep now will our depth players actually make it back at night <laughs> mm. and be able to score those points? Because okay. we saw when we went and swam um, Bowden, Colby, and all the other main schools that we could win an invitational meet with our depth. Right. But there's a big difference between the teams in Maine and the teams in New England, <laughs> right? And so the depth – is your depth good enough to score you those points and to move you back into that top third? I, on paper, am nervous, 
But when I watch my team, I go, my God, we our best swimming is still ahead of us. And I think we are in a tremendous position to have a bunch of people that haven't been talking about us all year long go, where'd Bates come from? Mm-hmm. And if they can do that, if our top 12 do what our top 12 always do, great. The difference is going to be a 13th through 24th on the roster all of a sudden aren't watching the races at night but are in the races at night yeah. scoring points for the college. That's great. So I've got to kind of pick and choose the right events and make sure they're ready to go and make sure our prelim swims are, are great um, and and get them to believe that, yeah, you have the ability to be one of those 24 spots that comes back at night. And, and let's do that and let's score a lot of points. Um, and you have the ability to do that, and it's going to be hard, but I think – I think we can do it. I really do. And I'm super excited now that we're starting to rest and go fast to see what, what happens um, with everybody. Um, and, you know, that final thing that we have to overcome, which I think every program in the country does, is we have to transform our mentality from I need to go a certain time in my event to be happy to I have to score points for Bates to be happy. Mm. And, and when we do that, we tend to swim faster than the time goal that we had because now we're swimming for right. – the college. Bigger now goal. we're swimming for yeah. our teammates. Now we're trying to score points and pass people and race them. Um, and that's what we do in practice every day. We don't swim for a time in practice. We swim the practice correctly. And so if we can swim the race correctly, like we practiced all year long, instead of swimming the race for a time, which is like result oriented, which can get in the way of the perfect swim, because all you're thinking about is the end, mm. right? If we can get ourselves involved in that process of really thinking about how do I swim this? How do I swim it the perfect way? How do I race people on the last quarter of my event so that I can bring it home and touch somebody out? Then the times are fast and we're scoring points and then we're high-fiving each other and then we just get rolling for, for those three, four days and, and really enjoy being a bobcat. That's tricky just because I've often asked swimmers, like, can you tell where you are in terms of within the race? Because it's kind of tough, right? Especially for certain strokes versus others, right? Yeah. In terms of seeing where they are relative to other swimmers. Yeah, they have to have their blinders on in the front half of the races. Uh-huh. And, and swim it correctly so they have the energy and the effort at the end. But they also have to be looking around during streamlines off walls off after your turn. You have to know who's near you and, and, and then go, oh, I'm pulling ahead. I'm catching up. I'm, I'm going to take them on this lap. And, um, oh, I'm even with this person right now. I feel them all around me. Um, I'm not going to breathe, and I'm just going to get to the wall. And if they take one breath, I've got them. You know, and, like, so we have to be – swimming with our mind turned off and letting our 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 training take over and our practice take over but we also have to be aware at the same time of what needs to happen in order to win this thing it's it's a lot yeah when you when you select the kids that you're going to put in is it always based on time or sometimes you have this just gut feeling that this Aaron Morse this is it (laughs) somehow he's going to do it today if you see that Aaron has put together um five months of practices that that there hasn't been an up and a down it's been consistent you know he's going to be consistent at the end of the year and and you can trust that even if you have a faster kid that sometimes has been on and sometimes has been off and so there are times when i i've made some tough calls and put people in because i'm going off faith and belief um, and swimming is a black and white, like, Hey, I went this time in the morning, this is me, or I went this time last year and you know how fast I am coach. And, and we got to do that. Um, you know, um, so it, you do, you do look into that. Um, 
and the good ones out there will pull the trigger at the right times and know their teams really well. Um, some of the other coaches will just strictly want to look black and white and take it out of their own hands. Um, and I try to kind of take all the data in and be as analytical as possible, but then I also have to go, my gosh, Aaron Bucky's been amazing this year, and I know she might be faster, but let's put her in because I can't even begin to estimate what her time's going to be or – you know, so on, or this girl just came back from abroad, but my gosh, even though she's not been fast yet, she's been so fast before and she's always on at big meets. So let's put her in. And so you have to, you have to play those moments. Yep. Or I got a senior, I got a senior male on my team. Who's got one of our fastest 200 free times. He hasn't been close to it all year long. And I'm like, yeah, Ben, you, you might miss the boat already on the 800 free relay because I already have so many guys that have been faster and I can't just take a guess on you. Um, and so we're constantly doing that and I'm trying to be transparent and honest with them about it so that they're ready and they're not sidelined or sideswiped or, or surprised at the meet. Cause you don't want to surprise anybody at a meet. The relays are always so key. Um, especially from a nationals perspective, you get relays in, you're in really good shape and this is a little off topic, but one of my favorite moments in the history of swimming was a relay. Um, the Olympics. I forget what year. Um, Two thousand and eight. Yeah, the U.S. Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. uh, as an announcer, I appreciate the announcers like shock. He's like, Lazak. Yeah, <laughs> he's going yeah. nuts. It is, <laughs> and it just shows how exciting relays can be, especially when the other team's been talking trash all week. But, yep. <laughs> yep. but I mean, what who are what are some relays you're excited to see? Maybe at NESCACs potentially, um, and then future of possible for NCAA's as well, if, if they can um, sneak I, in. I love the relays. Yeah. It's been a cornerstone of my program. I've always told the team that the highlight of this sport is swimming you know, on a relay with your teammates. It takes an individual sport to its highest team level. Um, and when I was a swimmer at Gettysburg College, you know, I was – I told the team, I'm not going to nationals this year for three individual events. I'm only going in if a relay makes it. And mm -hmm. our relay snuck in, and we got sixth in the country, and it was my favorite year ever. And that's that's the trophy that's out in the house still is, like, this was my relay team. Yeah. This is when Gettysburg swimming was its best – experience for me because I had three other guys with me at the national meet and so that has been my my background as an athlete and so I take that to the team here and so our relays are a chance for four kids to all be on together and do something magical and we we take those really seriously and it's kind of an honor and a privilege to to get on a relay um, some of our freshmen get on relays their first year and I say you know there's seniors on this team that have never been on a relay like don't just you know don't just take it for granted like you have to understand the the prestige that goes with this and how many people wish they were you right now. Yeah. So swim, swim for them just as much as you're swimming for yourself. Um, and, and we talk about that in terms of our relays for our women, we have um, a very strong medley relay. Um, we have a very strong freestyle relay. Um, and I think we're right on the bubble of getting invited to nationals in both of them. So those have to be on. And we start with an 800 free relay, which was um, our first ever national relay to qualify with um, Sarah DeHare her freshman year mm -hmm. and Lindsay Prelgabisk and Julia Smacklow and um, Caroline DePew. I mean, it was the first time Bates had a relay go. So that's kind of our baby, that 800 free relay. And we're going to start the first night with it. Um, Meyer uh, Renosa Williams is leading off for us as a freshman, and she's been on fire all year long. So I'm really excited to see her take us out in that relay and then the other three women just know exactly what to do to bring it home and, and maybe maybe start off the meet with an event that, that we feel confident will make it to that national level, and that will get the ball rolling. On the men's side, I think our 
our best relay, I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. We, like I said, we lost three out of the four right. guys on the relay last year, um, but we do have Tanner and, and Alex back, and um, we do have seniors that are swimming um, in their last meet, and we do have some freshmen that are talented, and um, I think our freestyle relays are our strongest on the men's side, um, but I've always been surprised. So, yeah, you know, I hope someone wants to take it and, and just be a hero and, and put some people on, on their back and – um, and go for it and see what happens. Um, and I just can't predict right now. Um, but I know, uh, that freestyle, those freestyle relays for our guys are, are pretty deep and it's hard for me to choose right now who's going on which one. And, uh, we went over this, I think, I'm not sure on the air or off the air, but I think I have a good handle on it now. If you qualify a relay team for NCAAs, that means the people on that relay team, if any of the individuals on that relay team have a B cut, in a time in a different event, maybe, but they wouldn't have been selected individually. They can still compete in that event, mm -hmm. and you can use that same relay team and compete in any relay you want in nationals. Right. And Bates has taken advantage of that before and gotten points that they wouldn't necessarily have gotten, you know, without that kind of. Right. So, you know, last year for our men, we qualified the 200 medley relay with the last spot, yeah. 16th in the country, um, with um, Jonathan Depew anchoring it as our freestyler. And then our 400 medley relay was 15th out of 16. Um, with Tanner Fuller. So when we went to the meet, we had five men swimming a medley relay. Um, and that gave us actually two freestylers because one was on the two medley and one was on the four medley. Yeah. So you put that with Teddy Pender, who was our butterflyer on the medley relays. And now we have three fantastic freestylers. And, and so that's what allowed us to enter into the freestyle events last yeah. year, which we didn't get invited in, and then scoring two out of the three of those. Um, so we... We benefited greatly from adding an extra freestyler and then getting to the meet and swimming faster than we did at all at any other point during the year. And some of those teams that go to nationals, they swam their best time ever to get there, and it's hard for them to replicate it. Right. So they might be a five-tenths slower. We might have dropped a, a second because we all of a sudden put all of our freestylers together for the first time, and, and we moved in and scored some points in those events. Um so it, it can happen. If you if you qualify just freestylers, it's hard to put together a medley relay. Yeah. <laughs> so if your freestyle true. relay gets to the meet, it's a little tougher. It's it's tough. Yeah. You know, you hope that your freestylers have some second strokes that they can do and yeah. and we can put something together that maybe surprises some people. Um but you know, we're lucky. Some of our freestylers like Caroline Apathy is a great flyer and our top flyer and Niana Caho is a great freestyler, but she's also really fast at backstroke. Um, so you kind of go, okay, how do we get our breaststroker to the meet? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get our, um, you know, our freestyler to the meet? And then, and then you, you work from there. Tell us a little about, um, you've got some, um, men's divers on the team this year, right? Mm -hmm. I know re kind of rebuilding up that diving program is something you've been focusing on recently. How's that kind of going where they're, they're obviously first years this year, they're young. What, yep. how's their development progressing here? So the first thing that our diving program is doing this year that's really special is it's it's got two guys Aussie and Sam that um, are two of the greatest guys I've met you know ever they're just they're full of happiness and excitement and they love the diving um, and they love the team and when the swimmers and the divers are very close you, you have the ability to maintain your diving program longer because they have this connection to the swim team not these two guys that train and do all their things by themselves I mean, like I'm telling you, like diving is like figure skating and swimming is like ice hockey and like put those two groups together and make it happen. Like yeah. you're just like, it's usually just like 
two different types of people, sure. two different types of sport. Yeah. Um, and so having this connection between the two of them um, has been awesome to see. And our, our swimmers love our divers and our divers are there for our swimmers. And it's been, it's been fun. And then we've got a tremendous diving coach. Coach Bartley has been here over yeah. 20 years and he's coached numerous all Americans and he is um, a diving guru. And he is just telling me that these guys are so fun to work with and they're way better than when they showed up in November that he would never have been able to guess this was possible. Mm. So we're hoping that this freshman year, they really kind of create a base of, of skill and fundamentals that allows them their sophomore through senior year to, to start really placing high in the conference um, with a bigger degree of difficulty, which means the dives are harder and there's more spins and more flips. Um, and that bigger degree of difficulty means your scores are t multiplied by a bigger number. So your scoring is potential is higher. Sure. So they're building this, this base right now. Um, and their scores might be threes and fours, but they're learning the dives so that when they're sophomores and juniors, their scores are fives and sixes. Yeah. Um, and the, the trajectory is just phenomenal. And then they've just done a great job of integrating the two teams together because they're great guys. We've got two women um, joining us next year, so we're going to oh, have nice. a diving team of, of four. Um, and then we've got um, already some male divers that are juniors visiting campus. And so we're trying to just grow this thing and, and make it a, a strong event for us with – a great coach and some great kids. Excellent. Well, the NESCAC Women's Swimming and Diving Championship set for this upcoming Thursday through Sunday at Wesleyan University. So you can go down there and check out uh, some of the best swimming and diving you'll see uh, in the country as we went over before how strong the NESCAC is. And it so is. hopefully Bates can turn out a top, you know, five, top four performance. And we'll be talking to Peter hopefully ne next week uh, leading up to it. We'll see. Uh, We're going to try. Bobcat's leaving early. So yeah. thank you so much. We'll uh, try. It's been great. Us. Thank you very much, Aaron.